She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her, and she lacks nothing of value. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hand. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family. She considers a field and buys it. And out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hand to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her beds. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. of noble character. How's that? We just need to turn it, turn it off. As you watch that video this morning, what is your general thought? I want to get a little bit of feedback this morning. As you watch that video, I think my mic is just a little bit hot. Anybody? As you watched the video, what was your general thought as you watched? 
Not all at once. The many tasks of motherhood, one would say. Anybody else? Ladies? I expect you ladies to talk. What's your thought about that? Okay. <laughs> That's good. It's, it's exhausting. Okay, great. <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> well, we're going to be uh, we're going to be continuing with our series on family life. Uh, this is the uh, the third installment. Uh, the first week we had an opportunity to talk about the foundation of marriage, and we we actually covered. I thought we kind of gave an overview on uh, what marriage is all about. Who was the author of marriage? And last week, if you didn't get that CD, man, you want to get a copy of that. Um, I had somebody right after service that said that that was a little bit strong, but I think that God has called men to be strong, and I think that you can handle it, hallelujah, because God gives men the grace to be the kind of leaders that we ought to be. And so last week we talked about how that a man's role as a leader is one of a servant leader, that he is to love his wife, that he is to honor her. Uh, he is not to boss her around or to be her dictator. She's not his little slave. Uh, you know, where she pretty much answers to his every beck and call. Uh, like some of our, even in religious circles, we have distorted the truth of God. And in some ways we talked about how that, that has caused women overall to want to kind of rebel against the authority that God has placed in the home regarding the men. And so today we're going to deal with the wives. What is the responsibility of a wife uh, within the context of the marriage? One of the things that we, we find is, and I guess this is really kind of relevant to both spouses, uh, is that sometimes when one spouse is not behaving the way that they should, uh, I know that all of y'all are perfect out there. You have perfect marriages and everything is just right. But there's a tendency sometimes to, sometimes to kind of look at that and say, well, you know what? If my uh, husband doesn't do what he's supposed to do as a as a godly man and the man that God has called him to be, then, 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 you know, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to honor him. I'm not going to respect him because, you know, after all, I mean, he is supposed to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and he haven't even started with A yet. Then the vice, you know, it could be on the other shoe as well that a man could say, well, you know what, my wife just don't do what I expect of her. And, you know, every, I keep telling her the same thing over and over again. She just never, ever seemed to get it. Therefore, I'm just not going to love her. I'm not going to honor her. I'm not going to serve her as God has called me to do it. But one of the things that we all got to recognize is this, that even though one of the spouses may not be behaving in the way that God has called them, that you have a responsibility before God to fulfill your duty as a spouse or a husband. In other words, you cannot use as the excuse, well, my husband didn't do this or my wife didn't do that, therefore I'm going to respond this way. Because we all have a responsibility as, as servants of Jesus Christ is our first allegiance is to him. And so what is it that makes me love and obey my wife or what is it that makes you love and to uh, obey or to support your wife? Or what is it that makes you as a husband uh, do the things that God has called you to do as it relates to serving and loving your wife is your relationship with God. 
you know, one of the things that we got to learn as believers is that we cannot say, we cannot live our lives always reacting and responding based on the way other people respond to us. So if another person mistreats me, then I'm going to mistreat them. And here's what we have in the context, I mean, if we're honest, that this is what happened oftentimes in marriage. And then somewhere in there, we forget all about what God has asked us to do as husband and wives. And so why some of the things that we're going to share today, I'm going to tell you right up front, is not popular. But I want to start with the fact that the word of God, and, I, and I've been saying this every week, and I will continue to say this every week on the onset of this series, and I'm going to tell you why I'm going to continue to do that, because my opinion and your opinion really doesn't matter a whole lot. What really matters is what the word of God says. Can we say amen to that? If we say that we are Christians and that we're followers of Christ, then we have, to, we have to resolve it in our minds that whatever God calls us to do, whatever our responsibilities are, that, that I'm going to follow that and do what God has called me to do. I had one time I was doing some marriage counseling with a couple, and I, I never forget the person I asked, you know, the wife, and I said to her, I said, well, I said, let me ask you a question, because it's typical what I ask people at, at the onset of any marriage counseling, because I cannot go beyond the authority of the word. And I said to her, are you at a place that you would pretty much, and I asked him the same question. I said, are you, are you at a place where you're pretty much, you know, you're you know, going to obey what the word of God says as we show it to you from the word of God? Are, are you at a place where you're going to obey that? And she looked me straight in the face and she says, uh, I'm just not there yet. And, you know, I didn't, of course, I just looked at it and I didn't get, you know, flustered about it. But I just kind of thought, well, at least she's a very honest woman. But the reality of it is, is until we get back to the place where we say that the word of God is the standard by which we live our lives and the way that we ought to conduct our families, we're going to keep going around in circles. Because I, I can tell you this, that the way of the world, and what I mean by that is that the way that the world looks at marriage and the role of a husband or wife is not biblical. I'm telling you the world model that we see today. Obviously, divorces are at an all-time high. It happens uh, not only uh, you know, it, it's, you know, outside in the world, and I say the world talking about those who are unbelievers, but even within the context of the church. It happens so often. And my great fear is, is that we've gotten to a point that we've kind of watered down the word of God. And what people try to say is that the word of God is not relevant. It doesn't really matter today. And, and in fact, it's outdated. And I've heard all kinds of excuses where people will say, you know what? I, I, you, know, I, you know, people kind of approach the word of God like it's a smorgasbord. You know, it's kind of like, well, I'll pick this part, but that part I don't like. Well, I picked this part, but that part I don't like. And until we get to a point where we say, I am going to, to follow this word, that Jesus is going to be my Lord, I'm going to do what he says. We're going to continue to have challenges and struggles in our relationship that really the God did not intend for us to have. As, we've been talk, as we're going to be talking about the wives, a couple of things I want to kind of mention by way of, uh, you know, in route to the scripture that we're going to be reading is that there are a lot of things that are not popular, you know, as relates to wives today uh, in the context of the world. And one of those things is we hear all the time that women nowadays are much, much more career-minded. 
Now, I've heard, I heard both sides of the argument. I've heard, I've heard pastors try to say, well, you know what? Uh, God does not want a woman to work. She's not to have a career. Uh, you know, she's basically, if she's married, she's just simply to stay home with the kids, and that's all that she's supposed to do. Well, the problem with that is that you can kind of say that if you like, and people have kind of made reference to that, but the reality of it is is the Scripture does not forbid women from having, from having careers or anything like that. It does say a whole lot about what women's role is as it relates to the marital relationship, as it relates to her husband and as her children, but you cannot go beyond what the Scripture says. And that's important. But one of the things that bothers me today is that when you speak of the word, and I'm going to talk to you. Now, I want you to listen. Now, when you speak to the, when you speak to the issue of a housewife, that means that somebody that spends the majority of their time at home uh, you know, working with the kids and taking care of home and, and, and doing all those things that come with the idea of, of serving within, within the home, uh, people today kind of look down on that. You see, it's, it's not revered today to be a housewife. In fact, most people, if they're honest, in today's society, where there used to be a time where that was an honorable thing. And I don't have a problem, obviously, you know, with people, uh, you know, women saying, you know, I, 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 I'm career-minded. I think that's fine. But when we do it to the point that we say that, you know what, I just don't want to have anything really to do with staying at home because, you know, I just don't want to do that because it's not, you know, what I believe and, you know, and it's, it's something that, that, that is looked down upon on society. I think when we kind of adopt that kind of attitude, we miss out on what God has for us. Because God, and we're going to talk about it here in a moment, because God has given us some clear directives as it relates to a wife role and responsibility inside of our home. And so we need to deal with that. We need to come to recognize that, number one, uh, you know, it's not a popular concept. Staying at home, taking care of the kids. But I can tell you, as one who benefits from it, that there is no more important job in all the earth, and I really believe this, than being a housewife. That means somebody that is pouring their soul and their life into their family and into their children. I mean, can you imagine that the, 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 the woman, the mother of Billy Graham, that, you know, did she really realize that she was going to have that kind of impact, that she was raising up a man that would lead millions to Christ? There is no more honorable job than that of a housewife. Because I can tell you, and most of us men who have wives that, 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 that stay home and take care of the kids, I mean, we all can attest to the fact that the backbone of our house, what makes everything goes well, is our wives. I can tell you right, right now that I would not be the man that I am if it were not for my wife. I can't, I can't do what she do, what she does. She does it three, six, ten times better than me. You know, I'm home with the kids for 5, 10, 15 minutes. There's just something in me to just kind of say, oh, I, got to get, you know, I need to figure, I need an outlet. But there's something that God has built into her because there's a strength. There's something that God has built that into her where she can handle that. And, and my, my greatest fear is, even within the context of a church, not that it's wrong to be career-minded, but, but also that there is the value in saying that, you know what, I am going to devote my time and energy into raising my kids and my family. And it's not popular today, but yet it is biblical. Because that is, wives, that is your first responsibility is your home. 
and your family. That's the first responsibility that you have before God. And we're going to show you that here in a moment. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter number 3 if you have your Bibles. 1 Peter chapter number 3. 1 Peter chapter number 3. Starting number starting at number uh, verse 1 and it reads, "Wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, that without a word they may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment be merely outward arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. You know, that's where they get that, you know, in the old you know, Pentecostal setting, they used to tell you, you, know, you can't wear makeup, you can't do all that. Uh, you know, they took the scripture out of context. And obviously that is just a farce. It's not true. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Now, there's a couple of things if you want to draw from that particular passage. The first thing is that, the apostle Peter says to the wives, he's speaking specifically to the wives. He said, wives, be submissive to your own husbands. Now, when you hear that, if you're a woman, your thought is, <laughs> oh, wow, because you're thinking, you know, he's going to take advantage of me. He's going to abuse me. He's going to do all of these things. But if you look at that scripture, it does not say to be submissive to your husband if he does everything that he's supposed to do. It says, wives, that you are to be submissive to your own husbands. Now, let's talk about what that word uh, submissive mean in the Greek. The Greek word is hupotasio, which means to place under, to be in a dependent position. Now, it's not that. Now, as we said last week, that is not to say, as we understand that God created uh, man, male and female. First of all, we established that male and female, that your wife's husbands, they are your equal. You, they're not inferior to us as men. God created them the same. They, they are made in the image of God that they are joint heirs with Christ along with us. So there is no difference. What we talked about and what we recognize as we study the scripture is that there is a distinction within the context of the roles that they have. And so when it talks about to be, uh, to be submissive, it's the idea that she willingly submit to her husband, not because she's inferior, not because she's less than, but because God has given her the directive to do it. That's, why, that's what that word means. And it says over in the book of Ephesians, in fact, I'm going to turn there. You can if you would like. Ephesians chapter number 5, uh, Paul talking to the Ephesian church, he echoes the same thing. He says here in Ephesians chapter number 5, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Now, it says that wives are submit to their husband as unto the Lord. In other words, what is her motivation for submitting to her husband? Her motivation for submitting to her husband is is her devotion to her God. 
The reason that, that she says, you know what, I'm going to accept my role as a wife is because God has called me to do it. You see, wives, you will never learn godly and biblical submission until you first fully surrender yourself to God. You see, if, if you haven't first surrendered yourself to God, you're going to have a struggle trying to submit yourself to your husband as unto the Lord until you first make up in your mind that you are submitted to God. In fact, Jesus had this statement to some of the disciples that were following him. And he said to them, he said, now, why do you call me Lord and you don't do what I say? In order for biblical submission to work, wives must be first submitted to God. In fact, I think it's next to impossible to submit to your husband as God has instructed you to without first submitting to him. And so your motivation is, you know why I'm going to submit to you, honey? Not because you're better, but because God has given me a directive to do it. And if he's my Lord and he's my Savior, I'm going to do exactly what he says. That's what Lord and Savior means. Now let's talk about for a moment what submission does not mean. (laughs) Submission does not mean that she has no say in family matters. Now, that is where, and this is, this is a big one, because I believe that in large part, as we said last week, we was hard on the men last week, but because we have just abused our leadership and what we've done in the home, the wives has kind of rejected us. But in, in reality, so, you know, submission does not mean that she is simply just to sit there, be quiet, don't have any input into anything that's being said into, into the home. Now, that is, and I've heard men over the years to say, well, you know, that woman, you know, the Bible tells her that she's just supposed to submit to me. Well, that is not what submission means. Submission, listen to me, she has, she has God has gifted her. She is smart. She is wiser. <laughs> In fact, if the criteria for picking one to be the leader uh, within the context of the marriage was based upon who was the smartest, I mean, know that probably women would be the leaders because, in general, they're smarter than us. Can anybody disagree with that? In general. Statistics bear that out. They catch on faster than us. I mean, we're warriors and all that, and, you know, we're strong and all that. But in actuality, women are much more analytical. They're smarter. And for the life of me, I can't think of why would a person think that, you know, for my wife, you know, for my wife to submit to me means that she has to have no say so. You know, that is an abuse of your role as a husband. That is that is that is dishonorable. You deprive yourself of a gift that God has given you in the family. When God gave you that wife, she completes you. And for you to have an attitude that says, well, you know what? Submission me, honey. You don't say anything. That is foolish. That's a dictator. That is not godly, loving leadership. Christ is the head of the church. How many know that we can pour out our heart to him? We can share to God what, it, what our feelings and what our thoughts are. I can tell you right now, if I didn't listen to my wife, I would be in a whole lot of trouble today in a whole lot of ways. Thank God that I listened. You show me a man who don't honor and listen to his wife, I'll show you a man that is headed for an accident. I'll show you a man that is struggling in his marriage because he has distorted the view of what submission really is. It does not mean that. It's wise. That, and, you know, and, in fact, husband, true biblical submission and leadership in the way that marriage should work is that, listen, that both of you should be included 
in everything in the home. You're to make no decisions. I've known people to do that. You are to make no decisions without her. You should sit down with her. You, just, you should consult with her. There should not be any secrets. There should not be any hidden accounts. There should not be any of that. Because biblical submission does not mean that she just kind of lose her way of thinking and she lose herself and her identity as a woman or of what God has called her to be. So biblical submission is not that. It does not mean that she has no say in family matters. Biblical submission does not mean that she obeys whatever you say. For an example, she is under no obligation to obey her husband if her husband asks of her to do something that is sinful. If, if, if your husband one day said to you, well, honey, uh, you know, we've had a real tough time lately financially. And, you know, I've been just kind of scoping out this bank for the past six months. And here's what I'm going to do. Now, I'm going to take the lead. I'm going to go inside the bank and I'm going to rob it, honey. And, and what I need for you to do, sweetheart, is to just drive the car around and pick me up. That way you'll be okay. And if, it, if there's a problem, I'll take the hit. Uh, that's foolishness because wives are not under obligation to obey anything that is sinful. If your husband asks you to do anything that disobeys the word of God, you are under no obligation to obey that. You know, to, to sit there and say, well, you know, well, I, I did it, you know, because my husband, the Bible says I'm supposed to submit to my husband. So that's why I drove the car. That's foolishness. You know, look that man in the eye and said, no, that's against the law. In fact, that's a violation of God's word. I can't do that. And you don't do it. You're under no obligation to obey anything, anything at all that your husband asks you to do that violates the integrity of the word of God. Submission does not mean absolute surrender of her will. That she's not just some person that's just kind of getting married and she can't think for herself. She can't uh, reason and she just to be some kind of a person that just kind of exists like some form of a robot, like some people try to make it out to be. No, she doesn't lose her will and her personhood. God has made her a unique woman. God has gifted her. She's a woman of strength. She's a woman of dignity. She's a woman of beauty. She has something to offer. She has a lot to offer. And if men, if we are wise, we will enter into that and allow that to flow in our marriage. Now, going back to 1 Peter chapter number 3, a couple of things they say here. It says, I want to focus on this, this verse here. In, in verse 1, it says, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. You know, wives, one of the things that I think that is very, very, very important, when we are encountering situations when your spouse or when your husband is not obeying the word of God, then one of the things, instead of nagging at him, and, you know, jumping all over him and yelling and screaming at him and putting him in a corner. The Bible says here, listen, the wives, listen to this, even if you have a husband who don't obey the word, even if you have a husband who does not do what he's supposed to do, listen, win him over by your conduct. In other words, wives, you are to live a life, you are still to respect your husband, you are to honor him, you are to do all those things, affirm his leadership in the home. You know, even though he may not be doing all the things that he's supposed to be doing, because one of the things that gift, one of the gifts that God has given women is the gift of influence. You know, I can think of many, many of times when I've 
had my mind set on doing something. And then all of a sudden, my wife come into the picture. And she started talking to me. And all of a sudden, before I know it, my whole perspective have changed. Why? Because she is gifted with the gift of influence. That's what God has given her. And so instead of always getting mad at your husband, as soon as he get home, why didn't you do A, B, and C? The leak roof had been leaking for six weeks. You need to do A. You know, why don't you just kind of just drop back and say, you know what, Lord? In your prayer time, say, Lord, you know, here's what you do. You say, honey, I love you. Um, when you get a chance, could you take care of that because that's a problem? And if you still won't act right, here's what, I, here's what you do. You get on your knees and you pray and say, God, now, and listen to me, God, every day I've been putting up with this. Now, God, you are a vindicator, and I'm praying, God, that you would deal with him, you would convict him, and, God, that you would change his heart. One of the things I've seen God do when people really go into God and trust God to deal with their spouses is, listen, that God will come into that situation if you invite him, and God will change what needs to be changed. But see, a lot of you see, that takes faith to believe that. Because he says, without a word, women, listen to me, wives, as you live a life that is godly, that you still maintain a certain control over your life, that you still respect and you affirm your husband's leadership in the home, God will honor you, even though your husband may not be doing the things that he's supposed to do. God will honor you because you have made a decision that I am going to obey God. And so you just get in your prayer class, you say, Lord, sick him. And God will take care of him. God, God, get him. Because, Lord, he's just not doing what he's supposed to do. But you maintain your godly attitude that God has called you to do. He says to cultivate a gentle and a quiet spirit. A gentle and a quiet spirit. You know, what that simply means is that why is that, you know, you don't have to yell and scream at your husband to, you know, (laughs) I remember I had one guy to tell me one time his wife was like a stalker. <laughs> you know, every time there was something wrong, that you know, she would just kind of come at him and she would yell and scream, and he just spent half the time just trying to run and get away. But when it says that, that a gentle and a quiet spirit, that doesn't mean that you don't say anything. That doesn't mean that you don't express your feelings. But why? listen to this. The Bible says that a gentle and quiet spirit is of great value in the sight of God. What that simply means is that wives, you know, use a more gentle approach. Use a more kind approach. Instead of, the, you know, when, it, when it, it, it's, you're not argumentative. You're not just, you know, there are sometimes wives that we're not careful that, that you know, not, not we, but you're not careful as wives, because I'm obviously a husband, so I need to clarify that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that, that, you know, just kind of have an attitude that, you know, you're just going to, you're going to, to be gentle. You're going to be kind. You're going to, you're going to approach him in a way that you're not badgering him. The Bible says this in Proverbs 21.9, it is better to live in a corner of a roof. Now, I didn't write this. I'll just read it to you, okay? I'm just reading you what the verse says. It's better to live in the corner of a roof than in a house shared with a contentious woman. Now, I didn't write that. That's in the Bible. Because, you know, an argumentative woman, you know, that's sometimes, you know, you got to be careful because sometimes they, you know, they have a tendency to just want to start a fight, just want to get your point across. And sometimes it's not always about just getting your point across. Sometimes it's about timing. It's about approaching your husband at the right time. 
How many know that if he had a hard day, he's been beat up all day at work, you probably ought to give him a couple of minutes before you just, as soon as he opened the door, bam, you know, you hit him with the world because he's probably going to be like, oh, gosh, you know. And you can't figure out what's the problem. Just give him some time. Don't be argumentative. The Bible says a gentle and a quiet spirit is very valuable to God. That is a woman that is in control of her emotions. She's in control of herself. She, she is a peacemaker. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. And how many know the wise? And I always say that if my wife is not at peace, and you know, nobody's at peace. Men, you're witness to that. I mean, if, if home, if, if mommy ain't right, nobody is right. Nobody going nowhere. I have discovered that. You ain't going nowhere. If mommy ain't right, brother, it's just forget about it. You got to stop what you're doing. You got to get mommy fixed real quick because you're going to have some major issues. But the Bible says in Proverbs 14.1 that the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. Don't be a wife to tear your house down, but be one that builds it up. You set the tone. You, you set the atmosphere of encouragement and building up. How many know that there's a way that we ought to approach when we want to deal with an issue? Turn with me to Titus uh, chapter number two. Paul is uh, talking to Titus, who is an upcoming leader. He's giving him some instruction. And he's going to address here the wives again. Titus chapter number two. Now I just jumped over to Hebrews. I think I overshot it. Titus chapter number two, verse number one. Listen to this. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older women, uh, the older men be sober, reverent, and temperate, sound in faith, in love, and in patience. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. The first thing that Paul says to Titus is he instructs the wives to, to love their husbands. Now, how can we love our husband? There are some ways that that we can do that. Why? I'll just share a couple of things with you. I think a good way to show your husband love is just to let him know that you appreciate him. You know, it is so easy to highlight all the things that your husband do wrong, right? I mean, because there's a list. I'm sure that if you're a man like myself, there's a lot of things that are that that need to be taken care of. But one of the things, wise, I think that'll be good. If you want to show your husband that you love him, just just, a, just let them know that, honey, you know what? You know, this haven't been done and that haven't been done, but you know what? I want to thank you that every day that you get up for work and you go and you provide for this family. You know, honey, the other day when you went and you cut the grass, you spent all day doing that, you know, I just want you to know that I appreciate that. Thanks a whole bunch. Honey, I just want to let you know, you know, that the other day when you you know, I was sick. I had a cold. I didn't feel like going to the store. You got in the car and you drove to the store and you got me some medicine. Honey, I just want to, I just want to let you know, I, I, I thank you for that. But see, what we do sometimes, we just accentuate all the negative stuff. 
which is just brings about problems and conflict in the marriage because all that he ever hears is all the things that he doesn't do right. How about trying the reverse psychology? Instead of telling him about all the things that he's doing wrong, how about find a, you can find, look, I don't care how bad your husband might be, you can find a couple of things that he's done right. Two or three things that he's done right. Another way that we can, uh, why is that you can love your husbands is to affirm his leadership in the home. That is not to, that is not to, uh, to, to compete with him. You know, last week we had talked about, we gave, we, we had established from the scripture that God has made man as the husband, as the leader of the home. One of the things you got to, wise need to understand about men is that men loves honor. And what I mean by that is men love it. We love it, you know, when we can, we can take care of our family, when we can provide. And, you know, there's a, there's a satisfaction over us when we're able to fix things. And, you know, when our wives, and I know my wife, she is my biggest cheerleader. She's, she's back there. She said, honey, you go. And everybody, when all the world is against me, I got that woman. She's right there to encourage me. There is something inspiring about that because God has made this for me. Men have an ego problem. Right? Come on, men. We have an ego. We love to be the macho man. We love to be told how wonderful we are and how do we are conquerors and all of these things. But one of the things well, that, that we can do is affirm, just affirm his leadership. Say, you know what, honey? I, I, just, I, I'm, I am so glad to be your wife, and I am so glad to know, you know how you lead this home. And I want you to know, honey, that I am... I am behind you 100%. Yes, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to share my views. We're going to talk about things together. We're going to make decisions together. But, honey, I want you to know something. I just appreciate the fact that you're the leader of this home. I couldn't think of a better person in the world that I'd rather be with than you. If you, wise, if you say that to your husband, you will watch him. He'll just almost explode if you don't have a heart attack first because <laughs> he never heard those words. <laughs> Because men are that way. They're that way. They're, they, they, they love honor. If, if, if you want to get your, get your man to do something, approach him in a way that you respect and honor him as a man. Because one of the things, when you compete, for, uh, when you compete in the home for, for, for that, that lead in the home, what happens is it brings instant conflict. And the man will, listen, here's what happened. He would kind of shut down when they're just kind of a, you know, there's a fighting for, you know, who's going to kind of be in charge here. I mean, know that no two people think alike. You know, that's why you have a company, you have a church, you know. For an example, you know, you can't have, there has to be some, leadership structure. There has to be somebody that can kind of say point the way in the direction that we are to go. Because everybody can have great ideas, but unless there's somebody who is a godly leader who can come and bring it all together and make it work in harmony, then it, it just won't work. It's chaos. And so God has established the husband as the leader so that the marriage can function in harmony. So you are to support that. You are to affirm his godly, loving leadership. And I want to emphasize godly, loving leadership. It also says here in Titus, it talks about uh, wives being workers at home. And you study that in the Greek, it means a keeper at home to look after domestic affairs with prudence and with care. I want you to listen to something that a, uh, that a feminist author said. Her name is Vivian Gornick. And listen to what she says. 
and she's from the uni University of Illinois. She says, being a housewife, listen to this, is an illegitimate profession. <laughs> That's the whole thrust. The choice to serve and be protected and plan towards being a family maker is a choice that shouldn't be. And then she says, the heart of a radical feminism is to change it. Do you see what we're up against today? Because God has, obviously he has not said that women and wives cannot work and have a career, but he does say a whole lot about what their first primary responsibility is, and that is the care and the nurture of that home. In fact, there are many, many statistics now that shows that uh, because of the increase of women in the workforce, it has in part contributed to, listen to this, juvenile delinquency, a lack of understanding of the roles of husbands and wives, teenage pregnancy, drug and alcohol abuse. Now, why is that it? Why is that? That's because, you know, you have both parents who are working outside of the home, and the kids are pretty much either left to themselves or left to daycare or left to the video games, and there is no instruction. And so what happens is they have a whole lot of problems because how do you know that an idle mind is a devil's workshop? Just the way that it is. And young people need a lot of guidance. I know they don't think they do. You try to talk to them, they, you know, you know, my kids, they always think that they figured out a way to do it better than us. Kids just tend to think that way. But the reality of it is, is that they need a lot of guidance. And when you have both parents working outside of the home, how many know that, you know, both of you are tired, both of you have been out there, and then when you come home, the last thing you want to do is try to take care of responsibility. Now, I'm not knocking that. I'm just, what I'm, what I'm simply stating a fact that we, in particular in Northern Virginia, where it is so expensive to live and to have one income, unless your husband make a whole lot of money, it's very difficult to make it on one income. I, I understand all that. I've been living that now for 17 years. My wife was a college graduate, and she graduated one of those Lordies, you know, come Lordy, summa. Mom was, you know, help me, Lordy. But, you know, uh, you know, she graduated. My wife is smart. She's educated. You know, my wife, could, my, wife, my wife, if she wanted to, she can go out and get a job and make a tons of money. But we made a decision years ago, not because I said, baby, you, you, just need to, you just need to submit and you need to come home. No, we sit down and we talked about it. And my wife said, you know what? You know, she accepted her responsibility. She said, you know what? I believe it's God's desire for me to stay home and to make sure our kids are taken care of. And you know what she does? Any kind of work that she has ever done, she made it work around the home. It didn't take the place. You know, I, you know, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but, you know, Manette, for an example, you know, it just, you know, I, I listen to you. You talk about the, the business. But one of the things that I know about the reads, just because I know them, that they've always been there, and, and, the, and the children in that home has always been their primary responsibility, and everything works around that. But see, we don't do that today. Because, see, child, you know, raising kids today is not a popular thing. You know, you know if, if they have, I mean, people and wives that have kids today, they're having them in their late 40s, or I'm sorry, in their late 30s, early 40s now. And then when they do have them, they're kind of shipped off to daycare for somebody else to take care of them because, you know, I just got to take care of my career. Here's what I'm saying. 
that that's fine if you want to do that, but there's a price to pay. It's much more challenging, and it produces a whole lot more stress on the marriage. Because we already established that God has made it's the husband's responsibility to take care and to provide for the family. I've always said that anything my wife ever did, ever, ever do as it relates to work is just like a cherry on top. It's extra, you know, just for her, you know, that's, you know, but it's my responsibility. And so we've always kind of orchestrated things so that she wouldn't ever have to do that. Now my kids are about to, they're about to come to age now where, you know, uh, all of them will be in school. So my wife will have some time if she wanted to do something else, then, then she, she can do that. But the point of it is, is she makes sure that our home is taken care of. First, because that is her responsibility that God has given her. Now, here's some things that you want to consider. If you're a wife that work outside the home, listen to this. Here's some things to consider. Do I work outside the home because I am bored as a homemaker? And I think a lot of that happens is because there's so much emphasis being placed on working outside the home. I, had, I heard one lady say the other day, I was listening to her, she said, I just couldn't, I just can't, couldn't stay home. I mean, no, no way, no way I can do that. And I just kind of look at that and I just kind of wonder, you know, but you have like two or three kids, you know, you know who, who, who's going to be there for them? Do I work to satisfy my pride? In other words, are, are you in the workplace simply because, you know what, I want to show the world and show my husband that I don't need him. How do you know that is not a good reason to go in the workforce? Or here's some other questions. Do I work to satisfy my own or my husband's greed? How do you know that is never a reason to go outside the home wives? Or do I work because the children get to me? You know, these kids just get on my nerve. I just can't take it. I'm just going to go in the workforce. It's not a good valid reason to go into the workforce, although it may give you some temporary relief. Uh, does working outside the home constantly interfere with my responsibilities to God, to Christ, and the church? These are questions you got to ask yourself. Does working outside the home interfere with my responsibilities as a godly wife and a mother? How many know that we should work to fulfill God's design for the home and your family? Here's another question. Have your husband and children been pushed aside to the point where they no longer occupy the focus of your attention and desires of your heart? If so, you are neglecting those things for which you were especially created by God. And so it's not to say the wives can't have a career, but one of the things that we cannot do, and that we, we must, as a believer and as Christians, to the degree that our work interferes with our ability to take care of our first responsibility that God has given us, then we need to reevaluate. And that's enough said on that. And we're going to end in Proverbs 31. And this is a portrait of a godly woman. You know, I feel like in some ways kind of like stopping and saying, do y'all have any questions? But I won't do that. <laughs> Proverbs 31, I think it's safe for me to kind of hit and go. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 31. And this is a portrait of a godly wife. Look at this. I, I just love this. And I think that every woman of God should take a look at this particular passage of Scripture and read it and describe to be like this virtuous woman right here. 
a godly woman. Who can find a virtuous woman? Verse number 10. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts in her because she encourages him. She doesn't, she doesn't down talk him. She don't get on the phone and slam him, but she, she, uh, she loves him. She supports him. Her husband have all the confidence in the world in her. So he will have no lack of gain. She does, not, she does him good and not evil all the days of his life. She seeks, she seeks wool and flax and willingly work with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provide food for her household and her portion and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it from her profits. She plants a vineyard. She's a businesswoman. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that the her merchandise is good, and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She's a compassionate person. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. How many wives have you ever seen your husband, you know, kind of like put on a certain kind of clothing and he tries to walk out of the house? He said, no, 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 you need, to, you need to fix that. My wife does it to me all the time. No, no, honey, that doesn't match. You need to go turn around and go back. <laughs> she makes sure that he's taken care of. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the, uh, the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom. Men, this is why you need to listen to your wife. She opens her mouth with wisdom. Glory to God. And on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She's not some lady that's just sitting around doing nothing, nothing, watching, you know, as the stomach turns and, you know, all that stuff. You know, she's just not sitting there doing nothing. She's not idle. She's not lazy. This woman got purpose. She, she, listen, she, she has a plan. She is, she is about her business. This woman, she got it together. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Glory to God. Her husband also, he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But listen to this, a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. So bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you.